Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. Your host from Columbus, Ohio, is Michael Kirk. Welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast. Hello and welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast, your digital audio dirt sheet for all things Super Show. This show is going to be primarily a recap and discussion of Origins Game Fair 2021 and what happened there concerning Super Show. I will also give my thoughts on Origins in general when we're done and then touch on the week's events before the show ends. I'm recording this just a few hours after Origins closed. I'm a little tired, so I apologize if I sound tired while recording this, but I will do my best to get through it and get it out. We're going to start Thursday. SRG opens Thursday. The hall opens at noon. SRG had both a booth in the play space where they sold product and also a booth in the dealer hall section. So Thursday, they were able to sell product. There were a number of new competitors that came out this week. Jessica Havoc, Effie, Madman Fulton, Dan Housen, Brett the Metalhead, Candyman, to name a few. The new weapon series came out as daily promos. There was an Origins bundle of new releases, a very limited number. I believe they all sold out Thursday. Those also included the daily promos when you bought that bundle. The Ring of Fire set came out. This box set featuring Amos the Ironworker. Those are now live. They're now available for purchase. That's pretty much the new product. Let's run down the events. We'll start with the Thursday Trios Tournament. Five bullet rounds, no stipulations. Cutting to a top eight, if you had a three and two or better record, you made the top cut. The finalists end up being Kirk Polka using My Girls and Sean Loeb using Team Valiant. The winner at Crowd Meter 1, Sean Loeb. Sean Loeb wins both Origins and Gen Con Trios using Team Valiant, showing just how strong that team is, how strong Circle of the Sun is. Next up, we had the first of a possible four defenses of the Hardcore Championship. Eddie Fury, the Hardcore Champion, coming in to Origins, promised that as long as he was Hardcore Champion, there would be defense of the Hardcore Championship every day. First day, Thursday, he takes on Bobby Ohio. Bobby Ohio using Silent J. Eddie Fury playing as Eddie Fury in a tables match. The match goes all the way to crowd meter five. Bobby O played hard throwing finish after finish, but in the end, Eddie Fury hits the grapple finish, I believe, and wins retaining the hardcore championship. The final big event Thursday, the Underworld Tournament. Five bullet rounds to a top cut. There were a few planned matches for three and two. Once those were decided, there was a top cut. Of 17 players. Sean Loeb was the only undefeated player, so he got a bye. All the matches in this round were steel chain matches. 
Once that round ends, the second round, we have a top nine. The top nine had one triad match, one match with no stipulations, and then I believe a Psycho Circus match and a tables match. The top four coming out of that were Wrench Mucky, Alec Ventresca, who squared off in a steel cage in the top four, and Hold the Line Harry versus Candyman Dan in a steel cage as well. The finalists end up being Alec Ventresca and Candyman Dan. Candyman Dan was playing as Sabu. Alec Ventresca was playing as the cleaner, Kenny Omega. The winner here at Crowd Meter 1, Alec Ventresca. Alec Ventresca becomes the Origins 2021 Underworld Tournament winner. That wraps up the events on Thursday. Friday, Eddie Fury once again puts the Hardcore Championship on the line. This time against Madman Fulton. Madman Fulton was on hand Friday, signing autographs and playing. He would play in both this match and in the tag team tournament Friday night. In this match, Madman Fulton playing as himself, which just released with a full set of finishers the previous day, takes on Eddie Fury again as Eddie Fury, this time in a steel chain match. At Crowd Meter Zero, Eddie Fury is able to successfully hit Fist of Fury, and he wins. Eddie Fury goes in on Friday, Hardcore Champion, leaves Friday, Hardcore Champion. The next big event Friday is the El Blanco Diablo Charity Event, Double Elimination Tournament. Everybody had to play the number 8 card Taunt, featuring El Blanco Diablo in the art. This card was given as the sign-up promo, so everybody had a copy. They encouraged people to play XEW competitors, but you didn't have to. When you hit card number eight, you had to shout, Goosh, Goosh, Goosh. And if you wanted to stop card number eight, the taunt, you had to essentially give a donation when you played the stop. When the tournament got down to six competitors left, there was only one undefeated player. That was the Cheetah. The Cheetah had the option to choose to have either two triad matches and then a single player final or have three singles matches and then there would be a triad final. He chose that option. So after the round of six, when they got down to the last three, it was a triad match between Kirk Polka using Fortress, the new Ikuzo Super Show competitor, the Cheetah himself using Jay White, and Sean Loeb using Lemmy Adam. That's the second time you've heard the names Polka and Loeb in finals. This match goes to crowd meter four in the end. Kirk Polka using Fortress walks away with the win. Kirk Polka winning his first event of the weekend. The Dangerous Wool Order has actually put on a pretty good showing through this weekend. So far, out of the three tournaments I've listed, at least one member of DWO has made every finals 
and two of them have walked away as the winners. We also had, running at the same time as this event, there was a defense of the Intergalactic Championship. The Intergalactic Champion coming into this was Time Bomb Tim. He used Dirty Eddie to take on the challenger of Anarchy Sun using Anarchy Sun. And at Crowd Meter 2, Time Bomb Tim successfully defends. He continues to be, a Friday at least, the Intergalactic Champion. There will be more Intergalactic Championship matches. I'll get to those as I go through the day's events. We had the Midwest Coast Championship on the line Friday as well. The champion walking in, the walking disaster, Nick Masters, using various. He was challenged by Neil Nealon. Neil Nealon using his own competitor, the Trash Man. This match went all the way to crowd meter four. The winner, new Midwest Coast champion, Neil Nealon. It was also announced this weekend that the Midwest Coast region will be introducing Midwest Coast Tag Team Championships. Don't know when those are going to make their debut, but be on the lookout for those belts to come in to the Legendary Fighting Federation. The next big event, the final big event for Friday is the Tag Team Tournament. But before I get to that, a surprise on Friday, John Polverino, the LFF World Heavyweight Champion, shows up at Origins. Kirk Polka, who won the Master of Ceremonies Birdcage at Gen Con, challenges John Polverino. The match will take place Saturday. Kirk Polka will get to make some choices about how that match happens. What's going to happen there, we'll get to that when we talk about Saturday. But that's the setup for Saturday for the World Heavyweight Championship. In the meantime, the tag team tournament kicks off. The opening rounds, there is a time limit, a two-hour and 30-minute time limit. Teams have to play up to four matches during that time. When the time limit hit, any matches that were ongoing, the crowd meter immediately went to eight. So they would get those matches finished up. When everything was said and done, 16 teams made the top cut. And these matches just went simple. 16 to 8 to the semifinals, to the finals, no stipulations. The final two teams in the tournament were FN Impact and Michigan's Most Dangerous Alliance. John Pulverino and Mark Perry made up FN Impact. John Pulverino played as Combat Chris. Mark Perry played as Gold Standard. The Dangerous Alliance consisted of Chris Pate, who was playing Big Bad Bobby D, and Sean Loeb, who was also playing Combat Chris. This match, from what I understand, a very short match. At Crowd Meter Zero, Dangerous Alliance takes it. They are the Origins 2021 Tag Team Champions. Another great showing for Dangerous Alliance. Honorable mention. Madman Fulton, as I mentioned earlier, played in this tournament. He teamed up with Miss Southern Bell. They made it all the way to the semifinals. They lost 
to F and Impact, but they were this close to making the finals of the 2021 Origins Tag Team Tournament. Great showing from Madman Fulton and Miss Southern Bell. That wraps up the festivities from Friday. Saturday. Saturday kicks off with a payoff pack draft event, an unscheduled event. Double elimination tournament. The final three were John Polverino, who had drafted Little Guido. Bob Dunn, who drafted Robbie G. And Candyman Dan, who drafted Eva Lease. Another DWO member in the finals. The winner here, though, the Brain using Robbie G. Crowd meter one. The Brain wins the triad finals and wins the payoff pack draft. Saturday, we also see another independent wrestler, Effie, on hand, signing autographs, and he even plays in a couple matches. Effie playing as himself, first faces off against Sierra Simon playing as Sherry Von Danish. Sherry Von Danish taking the victory there. And then Effie gets a shot at the Intergalactic Championship. Effie playing again as Effie. Takes on Time Bomb Tim. Playing as Polly the Pigeon Pacone. In a match that goes to Crowd Meter 2. Time Bomb Tim retains. He walks out of this match. Still Intergalactic Champion. And then the big match, the World Heavyweight Championship match. After much negotiation, it's determined that this match will be a Lumberjack match. For those of you who are unfamiliar with the Lumberjack match stipulation, and I'm just going to go from memory here, there are no crowd meter bonuses in any crowd meter to the finish roll. The Lumberjack stipulation does have a special finish. If a player's turn ends and they have no cards in their hand, they lose the match via special finish. With the Lumberjack stipulation, the discard pile is buried. This will prevent John Polverino, who plays as John Press1P, from using his gimmick to get cards packed from the discard pile because any card that is flipped is buried. One more thing, let me mention this. As the crowd meter goes up, when a finish is hit, that will cause the person who is taking the finish, who the finish is hit against, to have to bury cards in their hand. So at a certain point, when you hit that crowd meter five, you're burying a lot of cards if a finish is hit against you. So even if you break out, you may still lose via special finish. Kirk Polka, playing as Chloe Mai, takes John Polverino all the way to crowd meter five. And in the end, he hits the finish. And Polverino concedes because breakout or no breakout, the special finish rules will kick in. He'll have to bury enough cards to lose via the special finish. So Kirk Polka becomes the new World Heavyweight Champion of the Legendary Fighting Federation. Congratulations to him. Big accomplishment again. DWO continuing to rack up victories for this weekend. There's also a match Saturday for the LFF Tri-State Tag Team Championships. The champions coming this weekend were the Animal Kingdom, the Cheetah, and Le Penguin. 
The Cheetah playing as Captain C.J. Spara. The Penguin playing as Scarlet Graves. The Challengers are the Crime Wave team of the SRG BOSS using Davey Richards and Brian Waitfort Schmidt using Kenta. This is a steel cage tag team match that goes to crowd meter two. In the end, I believe it's the SRG boss who hits the finish, and that team wins. The Crime Wave team becomes the new LFF Tri-State Tag Team Champions. Congratulations to them. Congratulations to all the winners so far. I don't know if I've mentioned that. Congratulations to all the winners so far. Saturday afternoon, there's a new player event. There end up being bullet rounds. About four to five matches in the rounds. If you win three games, you're in. So I believe players who you know, would have lost their first three are out. There ends up being a cut to a top ten. And then a top five. At the top five, there's one singles match and one trios match. The finalists end up being David Gusselman, who was playing as Okada, and Joseph Gilchrist, who's playing as Snake Pit. The winner here, Joseph Gilchrist, was Snake Pit. Snake Pit wins the new player event. Snake Pit continues to be one of the best competitors in the game. A couple more championship matches before we get into the big event Saturday night. Actually, quite a few. Championship matches before we get into the big event Saturday night. We'll start off with the next defense of the Hardcore Championship. Eddie Fury, champion with Eddie Fury, is challenged by Candy Mam, playing as her newly released competitor, Candy Mam. This time it's a ladder match. And again, it's also a short match at Crowd Meter Zero. Eddie Fury wins, making him 3 for 3 this weekend in Hardcore Championship defenses. The LFF Tri-State Championship gets put on the line here at Origins as well. The current champion, Wrench Monkey with the Rising Sun, is challenged by Kid Thunder playing as his new competitor from Gen Con, Kid Thunder. Kid Thunder recently returned to the game from Parts Unknown. For those not familiar with the LFF Tri-State Championship, all of the matches are... No disqualification, no countout, and they all start at crowd meter one. This is a really short match. I believe it is two to three turns. Wrench Monkey is able to go call to the crowd, set up the steel chain, circle the sun, rolls a 12, and that's all she wrote. Kid Thunder, no chance to kick out. Wrench Monkey still LFF, Tri-State Champion. The LFF Tag Team Championship on the line. The current champions, Michigan's Most Dangerous Alliance, Chris Pate and Sean Loeb, are challenged by the team that I believe won the shot at Gen Con, the Trolls slash Under the Bridge team, Brad Iyer as Jay White, James Booker as Macho Manny. They're playing against Chris Pate using X-Royce and Sean Loeb using The Brain. Robert the Brain Dunn. Booker had used Robert the Brain Dunn during the tournament to get the shot, but they made him switch to Macho Manny during this match. I don't have a crowd meter for this, but I want to say it was Sean Loeb 
that through a card, I want to say a finished card, that if stopped would cause them to lose the match via DQ. They play that card. It is stopped by their opponents. So the team of James Booker and Brad Iyer win the match. However, because the win was by disqualification, Dangerous Lions retains. They are still the LFF Tag Team Champions. The next belt defended is the Trios Championship. Chris Pagillo, the champion, with the good, the bad, and the whiskey, is challenged by Brian Whitford-Schmidt using the new Wool Order Trio. This match, I believe, ends at crowd meter one. The winner and new champion, Brian Whitford-Schmidt. Brian Whitford-Schmidt becomes a dual champion, holding the LFF Trios belt, as well as the LFF Tri-State Tag Team belt. And then finally, before the big tournament, there is another Intergalactic Championship match. Time Bomb Tim, the champion, this time playing as Peter Lionheart, is challenged by The Void, playing as the second version of The Void. The winner here and new Intergalactic Champion, The Void. Congratulations to him. Congratulations to all the winners so far. With that... We have the World Championship Tournament of Origins. Seven bullet rounds. After all seven rounds, there's a cut to a top 20. Everyone that was 5-2 and two and above made it in. The 4-3s and threes played off to get to that top 20 in the first round. All of the matches were played using the Ring of Fire stipulation. In the top 10... Things got a little strange. So, here's the way it worked. There were five singles matches. In the singles matches, each player was dealt a stipulation that was not made public. They apparently could tell each other. Maybe they could, maybe they couldn't, didn't know. But each competitor had a stipulation. Pat Mulligan also had a stipulation. The two competitors could choose to play one of their stipulations. If they did not, they could basically choose to play neither of the stipulations they were dealt and pick whatever Pat Mulligan had. I believe everybody ended up using one of the two stipulations they were dealt. And after that round, it's down to a top five. The top five ended up being Jeremy Steigerwald, Chris Pate, Chris Pagillo, David Marisak, and Jeff McPeak. There's a little bit of a question and answer period. After this question and answer period, it's determined there's going to be a triad match and a singles match. The triad match is Chris Pagillo using Mambata versus Jeff McPeak using Pretty Boy Snow and Practicite using Practicite. Jeremy Steigerwald using Practicite. The triad match is a long triad match. In the end, Jeremy Steigerwald wins at crowd meter two. In the other match, Chris Pate's X-Royce is taking on David Marisak using the man from IT, a competitor he's used for a long, long time. This match, not nearly as long, crowd meter one. Dave Marisak wins it. This sets up a rematch of the Virtual Grand Gathering World Championship Tournament. That 
was Dave Marisak versus Jeremy Stargerwald. So was this. In that match, Dave Marisak emerged victorious. This match goes to crowd meter one. In the end, Jeremy Steigerwald walks away the victor here. So they are one and one in these big world championship tournaments. That ends the festivities for Saturday. But let me bring this up. I'm not quite sure how this happened. But Funtime Bob ends up becoming the intergalactic champion. I don't know if he won a match. I don't know if the belt just magically appeared with him. But he is now the intergalactic champion. The Void somehow got absorbed by the belt. I don't know exactly what happened there. But Funtime Bob is now the intergalactic champion. Sunday. Sunday. The first big event Sunday. The final hardcore championship match. Eddie Fury playing as Eddie Fury, the champion, is challenged by Bob Dunn using Mimic. However, before this match starts, Bob Dunn's faction mate, Bob Dunn being in the New Wheeled Order, his faction mate, Jeff McPeak, cashes in a Master of Ceremonies card. This card was pulled in a random pack at BCW's Pixel Palace Pandemonium Part 2 event. He uses this match here to make this match, Tables, Ladders, and Chains match, a triple threat match. So two members of the new Wheeled Order are taking on Eddie Fury for the Hardcore Championship. The match goes to Crowd Meter 1, the Ladders stipulation. The winner here, with a set up the ladder in play, Jeff McPeak. Jeff McPeak becomes the new hardcore champion. Eddie Fury goes three of four, but walks out of Origins without the belt. Jeff McPeak, the new LFF hardcore champion. Congratulations to him. Finally, the Tornado Tag Team Tournament kicks off. I do have to mention. There was a scheduling error with this. The general manager thought the match was scheduled at noon. It was actually scheduled at 11. But the match doesn't start till noon. So because of this, it's an hour late starting from the ticketed time. It's a double elimination tournament. And there's a bit of controversy here. So first off, they were not able to finish the Tornado Tag Team Tournament at Origins. At the end of the tournament, here were the results. Sean Loeb went undefeated at 5-0. Alec Ventresca went 4-1. Brad Iyer and Hold the Line Harry were having the last match of the tournament prior to the tournament suspension. Brad Iyer had gone 3-1 going into this match. Hold the Line Harry had gone 4-0 going into the match. At crowd meter two, Brad Iyer hits a finish on Hold the Line Harry. Using the printed crowd meter, and there was an accelerated crowd meter for this tournament, by the way. The crowd meter for this tournament started off at zero. At level one, it was plus one. At level two, it was plus two. At level three, it was plus four. At level 4, it was plus 6, and at level 5, it was plus 8. 
at crowd meter 2, which would have been a plus 2 under the rule set for this tournament, Brad Iyer hits a finish. With the skill boosts from the finish, it's a 17. With the crowd meter, it's a 19. However, the SRG boss, who was not running the tournament, the general manager, John Clayson, was running the tournament, but the SRG boss declares the crowd meter should be plus 8. If it's plus 8, hold the line, Harry loses. It's a 25. However, if it is a plus 2, hold the line, Harry rolled a 20, I believe. He broke out. I don't know what's going to happen, but that's where they were during that match. So if hold the line, Harry is considered to have lost, there will be three 4-1s and one 5-0 left for the Tornado Tag Team Tournament from Origins. I think maybe the best thing to do, because I don't know how they're going to determine who should play who, they don't do brackets for these double elimination tournaments at the conventions. I think they should, because it's confusing. Who should play Alec Ventresca? Should Hold the Line Harry and Brad Iyer rematch? Just don't know. I think maybe the simplest in this case, triad match between the three four and ones, winner plays Sean Loeb. So you'd have a 5-0 versus 5-1, winner plays Sean Loeb, has to beat Sean Loeb twice. We'll see though, as of right now, the Tornado Tag Team Tournament is suspended. As such, because this did not finish, there was going to be a Tornado Tag Team Championship match because Brad Iyer was still in the tournament. That match didn't happen. We'll have to see when his next offense is. Likely at Marktoberfest in about a month, give or take, depending on whether or not Marktoberfest happens. As far as I know, no date or time for Marktoberfest has been announced. With that, that's all of the results for Origins. Something I know I missed during the Trios tournament, they also used an accelerated crowd meter. As the crowd meter went up from 1 to 5, it went 0, plus 1, plus 2, plus 3, plus 6, plus 9. And they are thinking about changing the Tornado Tag Team crowd meter and Trios crowd meter to be accelerated in that fashion. So as you go up in level, it doesn't just go up by plus 1 each time. It actually bumps by plus two in the case of Tornado Tag, plus three in the case of Trios. We'll have to wait and see on that, but that's what's going on right now with the Trios matches in particular and possibly the Tornado Tag Team matches. With all the events covered, let's talk a little bit about Origins itself and then I'll talk about SRG at Origins. First, Origins a lot smaller this year than it was in years past. The dealer hall, which normally is Hall B, which is a huge hall, was actually just a fraction of Hall C. About half of Hall C was all the dealers. The con was much smaller. I think I read somewhere that instead of the normal 20,000 attendees, it only had about 8,000. I'm not confirming that. It's just something I saw posted 
but it definitely felt like a smaller convention. It felt like there were a lot less people there. It felt like there were a lot less games there than normal. So a much smaller convention. SRG still had a good turnout. SRG's turnout still felt normal for a convention. There were a lot of players in the new player event too, a lot of new players. So I'm very happy to see that. Even with the convention smaller, it felt like there were a lot of new players that joined the game. So very happy to see that. We'll be looking for those to show up in the uh, discussion group online over the next few months. As far as SRG's presence, I like the way they ran the sales a lot better. One thing that I ran out of time to mention in the Gen Con discussion that I'll mention here is that product was sort of trickling in, releasing some on Thursday, some on Friday, some on Saturday. I think that's because the product was getting shipped in. And so as the product was coming out, they were creating bundles for products. So something that might have been regular price on Thursday, on Friday now it's part of a bundle. On Saturday it's part of a bigger bundle. I did not like that. And I'm glad they didn't do that here. Everything was there Thursday with the exception of the Ring of Fire packs. Those showed up Friday. But once those showed up, that was it. Everything that released, released day one of the con with that Ring of Fire pack exception. And so all of the product was there. They did have that limited number of Origins, like everything bundles. But even when those sold out, I believe they had a lot of the product individually. You could still get most of what was there. Very happy with that. The events tended to run a lot more smoothly than they did at Gen Con. Talking to some of the people at SRG Universe, one of the things they told me was that the big difference was at Origins, the main booth, and the play area, it's all one big contiguous area. It's all together. Whereas at Gen Con, the SRG Universe booth was on one side and the play area was on the almost completely different side, almost the opposite end of the convention. Definitely the opposite end of the dealer hall and the play area, which is, is a connected space. I understand that, but I will say it is something you need to work out logistically. There are problems all four days at Gen Con, and I would have hoped that by the end of day two, that type of thing would have been solved. But much smoother here. Again, the biggest thing I mentioned, the whole thing Sunday, mostly happened just because there was a misunderstanding of what time was on the tickets versus what time they planned on. But even so, four hours looks like it's not enough time to run a Super Show event. And it might have to be that they do some kind of time limit thing and they watch these matches, maybe 30 minutes on some of these matches because I believe the last match, from what I understood, went over an hour, close to 90 minutes. That last Tornado Tag match before play was suspended went somewhere to between 60 and 90 minutes, maybe more. 
it is a problem that tournaments start at conventions, aren't ending at conventions. Tournaments should be wrapping up same day, ideally. I didn't mention this for the tag team tournament, but that tournament had to finish up on Saturday. It did not complete Friday night. I believe Friday night we had one semifinal match finish. That was the F and Impact became a finalist. And then I believe on the other side, there was a quarterfinal match that had to be played and then a semifinal match that had to be played to determine who the finalist would be. That's not good that tournaments that should be wrapping up in about six hours. I mean, the tournaments were scheduled at six. The play space is open till 1 a.m. And it's after midnight and there's still multiple matches left to get to the finals. Six hours to not finish a tournament, even though there are a lot of players in the tournament, six hours to not finish it is a long time to not have a result. I don't know what SRG Universe is going to do to try to fix that going forward, but I think it's something they should try to work on. With the double elimination tournaments, I think a more organized bracket would help. And then, I don't know, time limits, shorter rounds, something to try to make it shorter. Maybe banning certain cards. I know we don't want to do that, but I know things like rejected, lengthened matches. Just things to think about. But again, events do go long. I'm trying not to bury SRG Universe here, and I hope I don't come across that way. I was very happy with the way things went this weekend. I thought things did run better here, but there's still room for improvement. Especially because, like I said, attendance was down. If attendance is down and we're still having two of the four major tournaments run long, and those aren't even the busy day. Saturday traditionally is the busiest day at things like Origins and Gen Con. Which is why it was very good that that one wrapped up on Saturday. But if the Friday tournament and the Sunday tournament, which are the lower attendance day tournaments, are running long, that is something they should look at because they have, I want to say about nine months. The next Origins is scheduled for June of 2022, which I think is, yeah, about nine months from now. So something to think about what you can do to shorten tournaments. So that is not an issue going forward. I believe with that, that's all I'm going to talk about for Origins. It was a good time. I'm glad that I got to see everybody there. I got to meet Sweet Pea. Kaylee Sweet Pea Perry made a special appearance Sunday. From what I understand, she drove seven hours to spend eight hours with her dad, Mark Perry, the salty sailor at the convention. And then she's driving another seven hours back home. But great to see and finally meet one of the three Perry children in the game. Also, Mark Perry was there. I think he was a surprise. People didn't know he was going to show up. A rare time to have, I believe, four Impact members on hand. John Polverino a surprise. Mark Perry a surprise. Colin Simon 
and James Booker. Very rare to see that many members of Impact in one place at one time because they are so scattered around the country. So it was nice to see at least four Impact people on site at the same time. I mentioned Kid Thunder being there, a surprise. The Italian Mabata Chris Pagillo Origins is the one convention he gets to come to a year, the one big one. So it was nice to see him. We had Brett the Metalhead and Lucky Cat Nico, as well as Candy Mam and Candy Man Dan making the trip from New England. Bob Dunn is always coming out of Florida. Transatlantic Express, Hold the Line Harry and Practicite making the drive up from Georgia. Anarchy Sun, it's been a while since I've seen Anarchy Sun. Anarchy Sun working the booth at Origins, along with Anthony Medvez, Zach Bruno, uh, Griffin Jen, the general manager, Loudmouth Leo was there. Just so many great people. Uh, Brian the Norseman, first time meeting him. Some of the great Michigan players, Chris Vaughn. I'm going to stop naming people because I'll forget. I'm not trying to slight anybody. Happy to see everybody there, but so many people from all over the country coming together at Origins for Super Show is great, as always. I think that's where I'm going to stop the Origins talk. Let me just give the results from the other tournaments from this week. We're going to start with Sunday. Sunday we had the Talk Like a Pirate pop-up event. This was supposed to happen the week before. It ended up being rescheduled in this event. If I remember correctly, there was a random accompanying to the ring by effect based on a die roll or a coin flip. I believe it was a coin flip. Either CJ Spara or... The Dread Pirate tech support accompanied you to the ring. When you're accompanied to the ring by a competitor, you can use that competitor's gimmick as well as your own. There ended up being a cut to a top five in this event because there were five players that had the same records. The top five were Jokerfish using Mark the Shark. Chris Pate using Shane Hurricane Helms. Andrew Mackey playing as Candyman Dan. Paul Trejo as King Grumpy Thunder Jr. And Hold the Line Harry playing as Big Shot. These players were all put into an elimination chamber, a.k.a. a birdcage match. And the winner of the birdcage match was Hold the Line Harry. The order I gave you was the elimination order. Jokerfish out first, followed by Chris Pate, followed by the Harm City Hitman, followed by the man behind Chibi, and then finally Jonathan Thieu wins the Talk Like a Pirate pop-up event. That's Sunday. Monday, another Proving Ground tournament. In this tournament, every match was a special guest referee match. With Monster Asylum as the special guest referee. Going from memory, I believe Monster Asylum's gimmick is you have to have two leads in play to play a follow-up. And two follow-ups in play to play a finish. That is, your opponent has to have two leads in play to play a follow-up. And your opponent has to have two follow-ups in play to play a finish. In this case, because it's a special guest referee, 
both players are under that requirement. The top three here ended up being in third place as Le Penguin, Andrew Mechie in second place as Mimic, Jacob Denmark, and the winner as Hallow King, Ken Fouché. That's Monday, the final tournament outside of Origins, the Thursday night tournament, the regular weekly Thursday night tournament, Chibi's Thursday night fights. Only eight players in this week's tournament. Group stage, two groups of four. Top two in each group advanced. So the semifinal matches were Andrew Mechie as Mighty Marcel and Aaron, who I'm not too familiar with. Aaron, this might be Aaron 6'4", I'm not sure. But Aaron is Chloe Mai. Andrew Mechie wins that to go on. To the finals, the other matchup, Vicious Vic Vandal playing as the Rising Sun, and Joker playing as the Magnificent Mr. Ray. Vicious Vic Vandal advances. The finals ends up being Vicious Vic as Rising Sun versus the Harm City Hitman as Mighty Marcel. Vicious Vic wins. Andrew Mechie coming in second. And then there was no third place match this week. So both men tied for third. The two other semifinals tied for third. With that, I believe that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Outlaw Mudcast. I didn't cover everything. I'm going to try to do a special show in the next week talking about Yukuzo Super Show. I'm still working on the CCC show. That should be coming soon. Still getting some things done for that logistically. That's all I want to say on that. Again, CCC kicking off Halloween. Nothing's been announced yet, but last thing I heard, Halloween's the kickoff for the 2021 Creative Competitor Competition. Oh, let me mention this before I go to the Poland Prince Memorial Tournament is the 9th, which I believe is next Saturday. Sign-ups are still available last I looked on Supershowthegame.com. $5 entrance fee. All the details listed there. Check that out. That's the next big online tournament. Look for Proving Ground tomorrow night, Monday night. Look for Dojo Tuesday night. Look for a Thursday night event like Chibi's Thursday night fights. But with that, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Outlaw Mudcast. I'd like to thank all of you for listening, and good day.